The Angry Tenor. <laughs> Hello, I'm your host, John Sayers, and I am the Angry Tenor. I sang for more than 30 years in opera houses from Copenhagen to Munich, from New York to San Diego. I have worked with many well-known singers, stage directors, and conductors. After I retired from singing, I spent 10 years editing and writing The East Sider, an arts and entertainment newspaper in South Florida. I also created produced and presented the Opera Minute for NPR on the Treasure Coast. Well, I suppose that brings me around to saying, what am I angry about today? Well, I am angry about... I was reading in the Los Angeles Times today that Placido Domingo is denying all charges that he harassed anybody, that he provided a a possibility for one singer to get cast in an opera and another singer not to get cast in an opera, depending on whether or not they had given in to his harassment attempts. And that makes me angry. There have been a lot of accusations and there have been investigations done, including one done by LA Opera, that have proven quite substantially that the accusations against him are true. And if that's the case, just own up. If you did it, you did it. And I understand that hurts your reputation, but you know, Domingo's 80 years old. Well, he's not quite yet, but he's almost there. And He's had an incredible career, and he has brought so much joy to everybody else. And there is this question, why ruin it now? Well, the reality is, is it's not being ruined for you. You did the ruining. You engaged in these kinds of activities that are now coming back to haunt you as you reach your twilight years. And I'm just... I'm angry that somebody would do that at all, period. And then when you get caught, you don't own up to it. And think of all those those young singers out there. But think what they went through. It wasn't easy for them. And it was even harder for them to come forward and say what they witnessed, what they saw, and what they experience firsthand. I have to say, whatever I say about Domingo with a little bit of trepidation, I did have some interaction with him in the course of my career. Uh, Perhaps the, the biggest one was when I was just starting out. I started much later than, than either Domingo or most other singers. Domingo was already established, and it turned out through the recommendations of my teacher that I ended up having the same agent in New York as Domingo. And that was always kind of fun to, when somebody asked, who is your agent? I could always say, well, my agent 
is the same one that represents Placido Domingo. And then one day I learned, or was informed by my agent, that the agency had been bought, and it was bought by Placido Domingo. Well, that's okay. It's no big deal other than the fact that I was thinking 10% of everything I earned as a singer was going to Domingo. And I figure, he's got enough money, he doesn't need my 10%. But I used it as a joke, and I would occasionally run into him in theaters, uh, sometimes backstage, sometimes out more, like, more likely out front watching a, perf a performance. And after I introduced myself to him, I told him that uh, I was now beholden to him for 10% of my earnings as a singer, as he had bought my agency. And I also went on to tell him that I thought that he had bought my agency to try and reduce the competition. He always seemed to enjoy that, and we would have conversations uh, every time we would run into each other. I then did have one further experience. I did get called. I was singing in Munich, and uh, Domingo had just opened a new production of Cavalleria and Pagliacci in Bern, Switzerland. He was singing both roles. He got sick and couldn't sing, and I got called, and I did go down there and replace him for that one performance. So I did have that relationship with him. But if you did these things, if you were doing it before you were an opera impresario, well, he wasn't an impresario, he was a general director of the Washington Opera and then the L.A. Opera. If you were doing it before then, shame on you. If you were doing it after them, double shame on you using and playing with somebody's career just so that you could get some kind of sexual satisfaction. It's not a good thing. So, Placido, I know you'll never hear this, but if you were to hear this, I can only say, come clean, man. Come clean. It's only right for all the people that you have hurt that you come clean. And if you don't, that makes me even angrier. And now, news from Bayreuth. For the first time since 1951, the Bayreuth Wagner Festspiele did not take place this summer. 1951 is when it reopened after the war, when, uh, well, I guess about two-thirds of Bayreuth was actually destroyed, although the theater was not damaged. It was forbidden for any kind of music performance, at least in terms of Wagner, uh, would be partake in the, in the, in the theater. And uh, Winifried, I believe her name is Winifried Wagner, was arrested and thrown in jail for her support of Nazism. But anyway, it reopened in 1951 and has remained open every summer until this summer, when because of the coronavirus, it was closed. Uh, I understand if you had tickets and were not able to use them, that they are good for next year's Festspiele.
It may not be the exact operas you want to see or hear, but they are available. I have kind of an interesting story about Bayreuth. No, I never sang at Bayreuth. Well, not in, a, in the Festspiele anyway. I did get in, get an uh, invitation to audition from Wolfgang Wagner, who was the director of the Festspiele at that time. And the main conductor at the Festspiele at that time was Horst Stein. So I had an invitation to audition for the two of them in the house, and uh, I arrived. I had never been there before, but it was extremely impressive, this big brick building, as it were, uh, when you approach from the outside, and then you go in the stage door. I was met by the pianist, who was going to be my accompanist, and we took a few minutes to go over the pieces I was going to sing. Then Wolfgang and Horst were informed that I was ready, and so... I went out on the stage, and I stood on this stage of this incredible 1900-seat theater with brick walls. A singer could not ask for any better acoustics than to sing in a theater with brick walls. So the pit in during normal performances is covered, which also helps the singer, but at this particular time, the pit was open. The pianist, much to my chagrin, was down in the pit, I much prefer when I'm singing just with piano for an audition to be able to stand fairly close to the piano um, so that you have a little bit of uh, more of a working relationship with the pianist and that you can also hear the thing. But it was in the pit, and so I stood there and introduced myself to Wolfgang and Horst, and there were a few other people out there. I'm not sure who they were. And I looked down to give the pianist the nod that he could start. I was going to sing Höchstes Vertrauen from Lohengrin. When I saw, to my right, in the pit, up against the wall where they could not be seen by Horst and Wolfgang or anybody else in the audience, the three major Helden tenors that were singing at Bayreuth at that time. Siegfried Jerusalem, Manfred Jung, and Peter Hoffman. Of the three, I have to admit my favorite was Peter Hoffman. I thought he was the best. Manfred Jung I was not terribly impressed with, and Siegfried Jerusalem sort of came in the middle. But there they were, standing there, their backs pressed up against the pit wall, watching me, auditioning on the Bauerreiter stage, in front of Wolfgang Wagner and Horst Stein. Well, that's a little bit of pressure. I think I handled it all right. I had been singing on stages for a long time, and I'm used to audiences. I suppose this is... And, I, and I've sung with many well-known singers out in the audience and, and everything, but this was standing right there. So I sang that, and I sang something else of which I no longer have a memory of, and then Wolfgang invited me into his office. And when I arrived there, Horst and Wolfgang were both in there. And we had a long discussion. They were very positive. They were upbeat. He said, people we don't like, we just send them away. We don't talk to them. And we would like you to work a little bit harder on your enunciation, on your German enunciation. And come back next year and audition for us once again. Well, I took that as being very positive. I was very happy with that. I uh, would have been happier if they had said, you could sing the Steuermann next week. 
but that's not the way it worked out. So I left their office and headed back towards my car, and as I came out the stage door, there they were, Siegfried, Manfred, and Pater. And they all came over and they apologized for uh, having put a little bit more pressure on me by standing where they were. Uh, they said that if, if Wolfgang or, or Horst had seen them down there, they would have thrown them out. And I said, rightfully so. And I said, but, you know, pressure is good. You're always going to have pressure. And I said, I'm sure the first time you guys came to Bayreuth to sing, you had tremendous amounts of pressure, and I'm sure I will too next year. They all got a kick out of that. And they invited me over to the cantina for a beer. And we went and drank two or three beers. And then I had to beg off because I had to drive home that very day. But that was a very interesting experience. And uh, they were very nice guys. And we talked a lot about our experiences singing in German opera houses. So I enjoyed that a lot. And I have to say that they did not make me angry. Wolfgang Wagner did not make me angry. Horst Stein did not make me angry. What made me angry is I didn't nail the audition. with Lord's Melchior. Not because I have anything against Lord's Melchior, but just because, well, I can be. And, you know, I've always admired Lord's. He is certainly one of the world's greatest held in tenors. And rightfully so, he should be. Uh, he had a big voice. Uh, I would like to have heard more focus in the voice and uh, maybe a little more expression in the voice. To me, he always sounds like he's singing with his head in a bucket. But, you know, there's also recordings. I never heard him live. And recording was not the greatest technology in the days and when he was singing. So it may be partly the recordings. I did hear him live on television once. I can't remember if it was Ed Sullivan or Steve Allen. I'm not sure. But uh, he sang something like from, uh, I believe it was Lustica Witwe, The Merry Widow. And it was pretty decent. He didn't force it. He didn't push it. And he just sort of sang easy. And 
and and I guess he was a, a supposedly a very uh, happy-go-lucky kind of person. And I know that he had a had a thing with his uh, with the way his name was pronounced, and he got so upset with being called Melchior uh, that he had a little card printed up, and that card reads. There is a tenor big and jolly who's hardly ever melancholy. There's just one thing can raise his ire to have his name spelled Melchior. Such carelessness will bring a roar of rage from Lord's Melchior. So I guess that's that's a pretty good deal. So I guess that kind of tempers my anger a little bit. But then I am the angry tenor. And this has been the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I wanted to give you, if you have comments to make, I hope you do, um, to send them to me, send them to my email, and uh, let me know if you want them put on the uh, on the podcast, and I will put them on. If you don't, please say that also, and I won't. But the uh, the email address is heldentenore at att.net. That's heldentenore, H E L D. E-N-T-E-N-O-R-E at A-T-T dot net. It's, it's kind of a mixture of Heldon and, and, and the Italian tenore because when I tried to use uh, tenor or something like that, they were always taken. When I went to Heldon tenor, that was always taken. But when I kind of put the two together, the tenore, even tenore was taken. When I put tenore and Heldon together, huh, I got through. So... It's a little difficult to, especially for non-musical people, when they when they ask me for my email address, uh, they usually have trouble understanding it, and, and I usually have to spell it out for them. So once again, if you have a comment, please send it to me at heldentenori at att.net, and let me know whether you want it on the podcast, or rather, uh, if you would wish that uh, that I just don't, and I will honor your wishes, of course. So. I'm John Sayers, and I am the Angry Tenor. Yeah!